Hey, chiropractors, welcome to Modern Chiropractic Mastery with your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing, business, and professional growth with some of the leading experts in the industry. Docs, welcome to another episode of Modern Chiropractic Mastery. Today, I am bringing on Dr. Mark King for maybe the fourth time, and we're going to dive into three specific topics. We kind of had a few things just aggregating as far as topics that are being brought up by uh, chiropractors that are either in our mastermind or that we coach or just people that reach out to me or even our preceptors. And uh, the three topics we're going to discuss specifically in this episode are one, system one and system two thinking from the book Daniel Kahneman wrote, uh, Thinking Fast and Slow. And it really just talks about, you know, system one is easy thinking, system two is is real critical thinking and how, um, where you may be at in that. And we have a lot of great insights on it and something that you can kind of hang your hat on that uh, it will get better. The second topic is, is what do you do and how do you communicate and how do you manage effectively that patient that's not getting better, right? And a lot of us struggle with that. A lot of us get frustrated with that. A lot of us um, don't know what to do in that scenario. So Dr. King helps us with that. And then third, what happens when you make the patient worse? You really aggravate something, not just a little sore from a treatment, but the treatment that you delivered um, really set them off in a sense. And that's what's going to happen. And, and Dr. King talks about that. This is like, no matter, you could practice for 40 years and have a ton of experience and it still may happen, right? And so what do you do in those uh, scenarios? And so he was kind enough to kind of volunteer to to provide some wisdom and insight into this so that we can help you become a better clinician because being a better clinician isn't just the treatment that you render, but it's also the communication and leadership you provide to your patients. So here is my interview with Dr. Mark King. All right, excited to have Dr. Mark King on the podcast again. Uh, one of our resident frequent flyers here at the Modern Chiropractic Mastery uh, show and I'm specifically bringing him on to to talk about uh, three topics today, and we'll be diving into those shortly. But how are everything's on your end? Doing great. Happy to be here. Yeah, good. It's uh, uh, always good to to get you on here and get some wisdom. Uh, and I think that's what we need today. And what I want to do is start out with the there's a book called Thinking Slow and Fast or Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman, and we had talked about this concept when we were together in our Orlando mastermind and essentially system one thinking is like, if I asked you two plus two, your, your brain would just automatically think and come up with four. You know, you're not burning many calories. It's easy on you. Uh, system two thinking is, is where, you know, it's, it's a complicated thing. I, I, you know, what's 11 times 24 and you, you could probably figure it out, but you're going to have to burn some calories thinking through that. And, uh, you know, in clinical uh, decision making, in our in our in our clinical day to day, um, there's going to be a go between. You know, sometimes you're in system one, and sometimes you're in system two. And one of the things that I've found, and I want to get your your thoughts on it, um, is that a lot of the younger DCs. I don't know if it's the first five years, two years, seven years. I'm sure every DC is different, but they're burning through a lot of system two thinking, and it's wearing them out, and they're not able to see the light at the end of the tunnel that, you know, I've been doing it for 18 years. You know, you, you've been doing it for a few more years than me. Um, it's, it, it's not like you're in system two thinking all the time. And so what are, what are just some of your thoughts around that? We can kind of converse around that. 
well, immediately what it comes to mind is you, you want to build a practice so you see a lot of patients. <clears throat> if you're seeing one patient every hour and seeing six patients a day, there's going to be a lot of things you just never see. So you're going to be system through thinking on every patient every time. So getting some reps in with, with a lot of patients, so build a big practice is, is helpful. And uh, the reps do allow you to start to be able to say, well, I've seen this before. I know how this typically goes. So you want to... Uh, a lot of it is just getting used to doing uh, or seeing these things. And if you're not sure, go back and read something uh, like you saw Mr. Jones and you it's the first time you ever saw whatever uh, lateral epicondylosis. And you you really never have had that patient before. So you go back and you get one of your books out. And you kind of read what they say about it. What are some things that we uh, what are some things that I can do to shortcut this the next time? So it becomes a little more automatic. And then again, I know I always preach about systems. What are the main tools that you are gonna use? Now, I obviously am biased toward MPI. So I'm one of my main tools is, does that patient need to be adjusted? Uh, I've done my good exam, I've done my good history. So I feel like I have a good diagnosis. And then what tools am I gonna use for that particular diagnosis? You say, well, I, for lateral epicondylopathy, I, I'd like to adjust these things. And I routinely, let's say you're an ART guy or you're a Graston guy, I'm going to do that. Maybe you say, well, I'm going to tie that in with scapular stability. So I know what my rehab uh, protocol is going to be for that patient. And you kind of go down your list. But the the idea with this is that if, if you have to reinvent the wheel each time, it is like you say, it, it just burns up your brain. And, it, and by the halfway through the day, you're, you're just worn out. So have some easy access uh, books. Uh, you know, we made a condensed case management book that we booklet that we use for with bullet points but like uh tom Meshot's book for any of the lower extremity stuff is is great you get a you get a plantar fasciitis you've never had a plantar fasciitis patient before what does he say about it you go in and read he's got a clinical chapter and he's got a section on plantar fasciitis and you go through it takes you five minutes or less to read and you say oh okay now I'm, I'm, i'll make sure i'm doing that better uh when that patient comes back but a lot of it is you've got to put the time in uh, learning how to, how to manage those cases and then get the reps and then it becomes easier and easier and less stressful. And I really want to make a point here that if you don't figure out a way to make more of your patients, as you say, system one patients, mm -hmm. then it is extremely fatiguing, extremely fatiguing. You need to have some ones that you go in there and it's pretty automatic. Mr. Jones comes in each month. He likes to get adjusted. I adjust him, ask him how he's doing otherwise, and boom, I'm on to the next room. Much less draining than, wow, I, you know, I've got to figure out whether this guy's dying from some horrible, horrible disease, if he has a disc, if he has what. So you've yeah. got to figure out a way that you have some automatic protocols in place in your brain for when you go in with that patient. That's that's great. That's like the one thing I just overarching I want our audience that maybe is struggling into this right now is to realize it it does get better. So yes. that's one thing to hang your hat on. Like it it's not always going to be like this. Um, the second thing, and and kind of to your point, and I I really like Cal Cal Newport's work uh, on what he calls the deep life. And one of the things, one of the buckets in the deep life is is working on your craft, and you have to enjoy the craft. And getting better at that craft and realize it's um, it's just a process. And fortunately enough, typically when you're early on in practice, you've got more time on your hands. You uh, tend to not have 50 patients in a day. And so you might have that 10 minutes to go and look up plantar fasciitis and, you know, and build out some of your best uh, practices for that. And so that's just a, a way of really 
working on your your craft. And I want to ask a, a kind of a segue question to it. And and I had Brett Winchester on the show a couple of years ago talking about it as far as clinical efficiency. And one of the things that I think you and I are seeing is a lot of these younger docs are coming out with, you know, 13 different certifications and, and types of treatment styles. And um, they get bogged down because they're, they just got so many things. They haven't really perfected one or even two. It's like they're trying to perfect 10 at the same time. And it becomes a becomes really just like they're in the weeds with with that. Um, is that something you're seeing? What, what are your thoughts on that? Right. Um, that I see that a lot. And we always emphasize, and the people that have listened to me before have heard me say this. I, I stole this from uh, Mike Leahy was interviewed by, I think it might've been uh, Brett Winchester, but anyway, he asked him, you know, what's the one thing you would tell young docs? And, and Dr. Leahy, although he's biased toward ART, just like I'm biased toward uh, adjusting and motion palpation, his bias was, he just said, become really good at something. Now, Again, we all have our bias, but to, point, to your point is become really good at something. Of course, we would say be, become incredibly good at your manual care and then build on it from there. The the Cal Newport thing, I just finished a book that was written back in 2012 about be so good you, they can't ignore you, which I just found like such a, a powerful book. And, um, you know, the, the, you do have to look up things uh, sometimes with the patient when you haven't, uh, uh, it's a case you haven't seen. I always tell young docs, there's three things you should be working on in your practice. You should be in a room with a patient is number one, or number two, you should be marketing, figure out your marketing, how to build your practice. Or number three, you should be working on your systems. Now you're looking up, a, a for example, we were talking about plantar fasciitis or a, a lateral epicondylopathy. Those things you could, those are a little bit of systems. What's my system for how I treat it? marketing, if I'm good at it, more people will come in and patient care. I can help Mr. Jones, who's coming in tomorrow with, with a uh, lateral epicondylopathy that I need to help him with. So it really covers all three when you do that. But those are the three things a new doc should be focusing on, the patient care, marketing, or uh, systems to make the office extremely efficient so that when you do get more patients, you're able to handle them in a, in a time-efficient manner. Because our Let's face it, in healthcare today, if you're a chiropractor, your margins are tight, so you need to be efficient. And uh, if you're not, you're just um, you, you just don't make any money in the end, quite frankly. But your point is, are you going to be a jack of all, all trades and master of none, or are you going to be a master of one and two, then three? And I think uh, very strongly that you should become a master of one. And I think Dr. Leahy was spot on with his point with that. Yeah, it makes sense. And, and you know, and you got to have the long term. You know, if you're 28 years old, uh, you know, it's going to take some time to be really good at what you do in your craft and continue to work on that. And so maybe, you know, by the time you're 35, if you're lucky, like you're, you're really good, you know, and, it, and you've got that and it took a little bit of time to add some things and you, you know, tweak this and you built some systems and uh, that's going to really help you slowly get away from so much system two thinking. So. Yeah, you you're, you'll be amazed. Even pick whatever your skill set is, if you, yeah. whichever thing you want to uh, focus on. If we say adjusting, uh, five years into practice, you'll be amazed at how much better you out you are at your palpation and adjusting than you were when you got out of school. And maybe you thought you were good coming out of school, and now you're much better. And you'll just continue to get better at that. And then that's why I say then you start adding these other things and uh, yeah. become a master of more than just one thing. Then. Perfect. So we'll, we'll, we'll move on from that, but I think to encapsulate it is that it, it does get better. Um, there's strategies to make it 
better, quicker, and to be, you know, more effective. And so um, yeah. just think, think on that a little bit. If you're listening to that and you're falling into too much of that system too, uh, you, you want to try to get a lot more system one so that when that system two does come, you, you got the, the calories for it, right? Exactly. Yes. Let's take a break from today's episode and announce our first sponsor. This is going to be Propel Marketing and Design. I've known Darcy Sullivan for years. We've worked hand in hand on my websites. I don't trust anybody else uh, to do this search engine optimization. She does a great job. There's there's so much to it. A lot of a lot of the lingo and the words are beyond my uh, comprehension, but it's just amazing work that she does. And if you're really going to get results with Google, you have to make sure your website is SEO optimized. And I really don't want you doing it yourself as a chiropractor. So I, you, you just have to have this type of stuff done. And if you're looking to get more organic online traffic that pulls in new patients, Propel Marketing and Design is currently offering chiropractors who listen to this podcast a free SEO website review. The free review will help you uncover methods that will improve your website and boost your search engine visibility. Head over to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor and schedule your free SEO website review. You won't regret it. She gets great results. Your website needs this. Your search results need this. Head on over there to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor to get your free SEO website review. All right. So moving on to our next one, and this was something that's popped up a few times in, in my, um, our coaching programs of just, um, you know, how to deal with that. I shouldn't say deal with, but how to manage that patient that's not getting better. You know, like you feel confident in what you prescribe them as far as a treatment plan, you're, you're doing all the right things. They're doing the right things. They're just not getting better. And they come in and it's, you know, let's just call it week three or four. And, you have to have that conversation with them where it's like, it's not, not going the way you were planning on. And obviously they were hoping, uh, what are some of the things you do to effectively communicate and provide leadership for that patient where it's still, you feel like they, they are happy with the fact that you at least communicated around that you address the elephant in the room. Uh, what are some of the things that you do in practice? So, that's a that's a that's an important one because you're going to run into this. Sorry, I don't care how great a clinician you are, you're going to run into this. You know, people that pretend like they don't have these patients, uh, they're just lying. Yes, because um, we all have them. And but the thing I would say is, you you set the tone on day one. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Now, some of you have blown that with patients and didn't set the tone on day one. What do I mean by that? I do a very brief report of findings, and one of the things I say to them, for example. Uh, Mr. Jones, we're uh, treating this uh, lumbar disc syndrome. We need to see at least a 50% improvement in the next three weeks. And if we don't, then we need to get an x-ray and an MRI and maybe even a uh, surgical consult. We need to see at least some progress in that time. And we especially don't want it to be getting worse progressively over the next the three weeks. And, it, and I always make a big point. When I first start to work on you, Mr. Jones, you are going to get worse. Uh, very often. Now, sometimes you'll just stay the same, but don't be surprised if you wake up tomorrow and, and I made you more sore. That's okay. That's part of the process. So I'm setting the tone from day one. But because I do a care plan, they know that at the end of whatever it is, three weeks, four weeks, whatever it might be, they need to be whatever, 50%, 75%, 90%, whatever I think it should be at that point. Hmm. And if they don't, they have not improved, that we're going to take an x-ray. We're going to get an MRI. We're going to get an outside consultation. So you save yourself a lot of heartache if you uh, set that on day one. And then the thing I say to them, let's say they're not doing better at the end of three weeks, and I thought they should have been, and they're 5% better, they're 15% better. That's not, that's not enough to matter. 
I say, Mr. Jones, you've done what I've told you to do. You've been in here for your appointments. You've done the exercises I gave you and so on. And you're not any better. Uh, and the thing I say to that is, does that make sense? And it does not mm -hmm. make sense to me. And I know it does not make sense to you. We're missing something. It's time to get some other testing or get an outside consultation. So if you said it at the beginning, then, okay, we did a clinical trial. We, we didn't improve. We need more information. And you just be very straightforward and very much to the point and very honest about it. And they appreciate that. They know they're not getting better. They know that you're doing your best to help them. And if you say now is the time, you are not doing better, let's get that MRI of your whatever, your low back, and see if there's anything else going on there. <clears throat> but a three-week trial is very reasonable for virtually anything. Yeah. And like, and so for a lot of conditions, they need less than that. And a lot of a lot more conditions, they need more time than that. But that's a good measure to say, hey, maybe that first week you're going to be feeling worse. But by week three, you should be telling me you're significantly better. And if not, then we need to get more information. And so yeah, set it on the front end. I, that's a big mistake I've made um, historically. We've all made. Two, yeah, two things. One is obviously the conversation on visit one and don't meant sometimes I forget to mention they could be sore or get worse. Uh, or the other thing I've done in the past is where, you know, I, I kind of didn't want to face the elephant in the room where it's now week four and they haven't improved like I want. And we kind of just keep going. And then they finally hit a wall at like six, like, and they bring it up. And I was just kind of dancing around it too much instead of just hitting it head on and say, okay, we need to talk about this. Like you just mentioned. Uh, it's so it takes, sometimes I think it takes a little bit of courage because we all want to, we all feel bad that they get better to a certain sure. extent. I think when you start doing it long enough, you, you get a little bit less emotionally attached to it, but you, you're always doing your best and you want them to get better. And it's, it's frustrating when they don't, but the, the sooner you have the conversation, like you said, on visit one, and then the sooner you have that conversation towards that three, four week, whatever, you know, that you set, uh, the better everybody's going to be for it. And, and um, <clears throat> that goes back to my simple report of findings, short and sweet and to the point. And uh, you, you, you start doing that from day one. And I tell every new patient or every update that I haven't seen in a long time or somebody that I <laughs> haven't adjusted in a while, I say, you know, Mr. Jones, you'll, you're going to be sore tomorrow. And I make kind of a light of it, but I want them to know. And I repeat yeah. myself, you know, I say it two or three times. And so I just want you to be heads up. That's going to be because of what I'm doing today. And uh, I just want you to be aware of it. And, it, you know, most of the time they're not sore the next day, but a good chunk they are. When they are sore, they're like, okay, he told me that was coming. And when they're not, they're like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'm cool. I didn't, I didn't get sore. And they just go yeah. on. So it really, it, it, it's the preemptive strike, so to speak. Perfect. And, and, and um, yeah, that way it's not awkward when you, you get there and, and obviously they're not, uh, they're not doing better for whatever reason. So cool. Is there anything I didn't ask about that particular aspect or any other insights on it? But I think that that really covers quite a bit. Yeah, I think that covers it. Cool. Let's take a short break for one of our great sponsors, TrackStat. It is a new type of software plugin for your EHR that combines patient communication, marketing, automation, and statistics with patient and employee tracking. Built by chiropractors for chiropractors, it shows your team what to focus on each day. See patient visit habits, missing information, unpaid bills, insurance collection visit average, and more. Great visibility of data so you can focus on filling your office with your best patients. When you can see what your staff and patients are doing or not doing and take action accordingly, your profits naturally grow. Take TrackStat for a test drive in your office with our free trial. Not a techie, no problem, we can help. To get started, 
On your free trial, visit trackstat.org and watch the demo. That is trackstat.org. All right, so moving on to the third one. This is the one where, you know, we don't necessarily like it. And and it's, I want to make sure I frame it correctly. It's not that they're sore, but let's say, you know, your treatment actually made them worse uh, or they had a really a, a bad flare up and it's almost not soreness. It's pain they didn't have before uh, or some kind of symptomology, you know, they just, it happens, right? We don't want it to happen, but it does happen. I had it happen to me a few weeks ago, you know, and, um, and I did say the patient would be sore, but he was like, look, this isn't soreness. This is worse. I have a headache. I never had a headache before. And so I addressed it. I, I did a fairly good job. He came back. He was fine. Um, but what was what would you say for the the chiropractor that has to go into that room? The the patient's kind of upset. You made them worse, quote unquote. Uh, what what do you do in that situation? Well, a, a lot of that is uh, the you know g- grabbing control of the room uh, mm-hmm. and saying, okay, Mr. Jones, uh, let's reevaluate this and see what's going on. Why this thing might be worse? Mm-hmm. Uh, that and what I say to them is that doesn't make sense that it would be worse. Uh, well, I'm not only if it doesn't make sense. I mean, uh, yeah. it, and typically they would not get worse from the treatment. See that you know doesn't make sense that you wouldn't get uh, would get worse on that. We need to reevaluate this and see what's going on. And right there, I may uh, I may do an exam. I may take an X-ray. I may refer them out right there. I mean, like, get, hey, that doesn't make sense to me. I must be missing something. Let's dig in further. So mm-hmm. you put it back onto, hey, we need more information. I don't blame them. I don't mm-hmm. blame what I did because I don't really know yet. But why? What's going on? I did this with a patient once. I adjusted his hip, and um, I knew he had femoral acetabular impingement, uh, so I was careful. But he still says that I I made it worse. And so I said, well, that doesn't make sense because uh, we treat it and typically are helpful with the pain and and dysfunction that goes with those uh, with impingement. Obviously, it's structural, so we don't get rid of the impingement per se, but we typically make it more manageable. And uh, so let's get an MRI. Well, he had more going on on the MRI than I than I thought. He had a, 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 a labral tear and zillofemoral joint. Um, he had some degenerative, more degeneration than showed up on the X-ray. So I was a little surprised that he had as much going on with his hip as it was going on. So uh, he felt better that I was thorough and went and got more testing and tried to figure out what was going on. But that line of well, um, that doesn't make sense. Let's figure out what I'm, what we're missing, and go in it from there. And always make it a team approach. Well, tell me a little bit more about what's going on, and let's okay, let's stop and let's do an exam and and literally do an exam and literally. In our office, we have an x-ray unit. I can go down the hall if I need to and get an x-ray. I can send them out for an MRI and so on. So that that's how I handle that. And um, quite frankly, as you go along in practice, you, that happens less and less the older you get. It still happens. Don't get me wrong. Uh, this guy I'm talking about with the hip was six months ago. So it still happens. But I'm just saying it happens less now than it did when I first uh, started. And it's it's yeah. distressing because you want to help the patient. Yeah. And I think, you know, over the years you, you do it enough, it happens enough where you kind of learn, it's like, I got to, you know, back off on this hip a, a little bit. I, I went into it too much before I've learned that lesson. Uh, let's let's right. ease into it a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. So perfect. And, you know, one of the things I want to make mention of a book on this, cause I ultimately, I think, you know, chiropractors, um, you know, they, they live this, you know, they, they go to work, but they come home and they dwell on, you know, whether it's they're burning out because their system too thinking too much, or, uh, they didn't get, uh, you know, three patients better that day They they saw 25 and 22 of them were happy as, 
you know, pigs and shit, but three of them were upset or not upset. They just weren't getting better. And you're, you're focusing on those three, or you did get that one patient that flared up on your treatment and you take it home with you. And, and I, and I know the struggle we all do. We've all, we've all been there and we, we want to do the best for our patients. And, uh, you know, it takes time to get there. And there's a book I really like, uh, you're familiar with the author, uh, Dr. Benjamin Hardy. He's read some other books, but he wrote one by himself and it's called be your future self now, uh, which I really liked. And it's got a lot of good insights in general on, um, you know, becoming the person you envision yourself becoming right. And if you're a 28 year old, 30 year old, 32 year old chiropractor or 25 year old, um, you know, you're not going to be your best version of your, of your chiropractic self at 33, right? Um, what would you say, I'm putting you on the spot here, but what age range do, did you feel like you were like, I'm in my sweet spot. Like I, I can go into that room and have a conversation with that patient that's not getting better. Or I feel like I'm in system one a lot. Like if you had to put a guess, the person does the right stuff. They work on their craft. They're, you know, they they care, they're patient centered. Like what, what do you think the age range where you feel like we're really humming along here? I will. This is going to be very depressing for a lot of people, but I've never <laughs> thought about this question before. I I would, if you had to pin me down, I, the number I would throw back at you is 45. And uh, yeah. that's depressing for a lot of people. And I was working extremely hard and doing my best and felt like I did a lot of good work. Um, I just, it just kept, you know, I just kept studying and kept learning more. And I kept feeling like I, my skill set was getting better It uh, to where I really felt that confidence uh, routinely. Now, I felt a certain amount of confidence because I knew I had some good skills right from day one. But I yeah. just, again, I hadn't seen so many things. I mean, I remember, mm -hmm. I think it was yesterday because she's still a patient. When I started years ago, she had a, a carpal tunnel syndrome. And this was my first year in practice. And I, you know, honestly, I just kind of missed it, uh, yeah. what was going on with it. And, you know, I've kind of never missed another one since. But I, you know, that you're going to be like, wow, you're not much of a diagnostician. I'm just being honest. I, you know, I was early on in practice. I thought it was a cervical radiculopathy. She had a carpal tunnel and I just, uh, she just wasn't getting better and ultimately got an EMG and uh, went to physical therapy. And, and actually they helped her more than I did. So mm -hmm. it was uh, humbling. And it was yeah. like, well, that won't be missing that thing again. And I just, you know, I screwed up. But I, I know it's depressing to think about for the, for the average 30-year-old chiropractor out there that uh, Mark King's out there saying he's 45. Yeah. But it's not that I wasn't doing good work before then. It's just that I, if you're asking me when I really felt like I hit my sweet spot in a lot of different ways, I, that would be my guess. Yeah, and that's what exactly what I want to get to is like, it doesn't mean at 37, you weren't doing great work. Right. You, you just, it all came together in a sense where now you're doing great work. You feel confident in it. You get energy from going to the practice. You're not burning out necessarily. Your systems in your practice are built out. Like your marketing is good, right? Uh, all that stuff. And so I, I wanted to ask that question because, you know, the we all need to have some delayed gratification. We all need to realize that we put the work in our craft now. We may not be, you know, you know, joining the country club at 35, and we may not. We may see some of our hedge fund friends at 35 doing that, but we got to play the long game and you're going to, if you do all the right things, you're going to really enjoy this clinically, but you're also going to reap the fruit of your labor as well. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's, 
Um, you have to decide on that, you know, how much do you like the clinical versus other parts? Mm -hmm. You know, I, we, we, you and I have talked about that a little bit. It, it, one's not better than the other, just that um, you might get your juice. Um, the book you got, uh, I think I just got this from you, the uh, Six Geniuses book by yep. uh, mm -hmm. Lencioni. Uh, I found the book a little painful to read at the beginning because he's, uh, his fable was a little silly the way yep. anyway but the message is so good and, and it always plays to you know play to your strengths the big thing of the that book the big 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 thing is what do you really like what do you get your juice from do that and if you yep. say well i i just hate seeing patients mm -hmm. um i'd rather do uh you know i'd rather run the practice well then you got to figure out a way to get to that point yeah if you don't only like to see patients you don't like any of that then you've got to get help so mm -hmm. you can focus on that one's not better than the other uh, yep. But you've got to get that set up. That's I always talk about the E Myth Revisited, an old book. Mm -hmm. It talks about that getting your systems in place so you're more efficient, and it takes some of that stress out of there. But uh, Lencioni talks about the idea, and, and other books have been, similar books have been written. But this idea of what are your what's your genius part of your uh, skill set, and and focus on that and get help in the other areas. Uh, it's it was very helpful for me for sure. Join industry leaders for an exciting event unlike any other at Parker Seminars Las Vegas 2024. Attendees will hear from renowned speakers including ultra-distance cycler David Goggins, leadership expert Simon Sinek, and Big Bang Theory actress and neuroscientist Maya Bialik, among others. We'll have 12 unique tracks to choose from covering topics from beyond biohacking and chiropractic principles to clinical science and more. Go to parkerseminars.com and register today. Lastly, you know, I kind of speaking on, you know, working on your craft, MPI every year has a handful of kind of special uh, seminars, workshops, uh, you know, conferences. And one of those is coming up in the first quarter of 2024. And I think, you know, people need to really start preparing for 2024, you know, build out your marketing plan, build out your, you know, financial plan, but also what is your clinical plan going to be to take it up a, a notch? And and I always enjoy the the MPI sports Summit that you have. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Where that, a little bit of a new venue this year, I believe. What, what are some? Yeah, the we're going to go out and do this in Minneapolis. It's actually going to be on the Northwestern campus, and uh, we'll have uh, four instructors: Dr. Ohm, Dr. Hume, Dr. Campbell, Dr. Winchester. I'll be there just to to help. Uh, be happy to be a, be one of, one of the assistants around. Um, but we're this time we're doing. I think we're doing the shoulder, and uh, from you know kind of a sport summit uh, uh, concept with. Uh, movement screens, rehab, uh, soft tissue, uh, uh, manual care, you know, palpate and adjust. So we've kind of covered the spectrum of, of what you're going to see with some of these uh, shoulder cases in, in a sports injury setting. Because if you have a sports injury practice, it's obviously going to be helpful. But a lot of the majority of you listening are going to have more of what I call family practice, where you see lots of different stuff, sports being one of the big things. So it will enable you to, to know what to do with more of these cases and how to handle them. If you get good dealing with shoulders, my goodness, people have trouble with their shoulders and you can really be a big help to them. You know, you don't have to be uh, the, the, the chiropractor for a, a professional baseball team. Uh, you don't have to have to go that far, but you are going to see lots of uh, people, either athletes with shoulder problems or just humans of any kind or shape or size that have shoulder problems. And it really, uh, it really expands your practice and gives you a lot more stuff that you can that you can treat.
It's so it's so true. You're like if you were to take the neck and back out of it, and and you just uh, most conditions you you couldn't build a practice around. Like you'd have a hard time building a practice around plantar fasciitis or you know foot pain. Like uh, yeah, I'm sure Tommy Schott has done that, but uh, it'd be hard to do that. But you could probably build a practice just around the shoulder. The amount of injuries that people have with that, uh, I'm not right. saying go to do that, but it's just so prevalent. And when you get good at it. Um, it just adds such a layer to your, to your practice. And to your point on systems is like what I enjoy about the sports summit, how you guys have it designed. Cause I actually went to the shoulder one, I think it was 2019 yet shoulder or whatever year I it think was. That's I, right. Yeah. Yeah. And then last year I was there and, and, and last year was spine, I believe. Right. Um, yes. but what I've noticed, let's just go back to the shoulder one back in 19 was if you go there and you like you actually will leave there with a system to evaluate and treat the shoulder and and to your point and that'll make you a lot more clinically efficient a lot with the shoulder if there's a lot of things going on so you need to be able to quickly and efficiently evaluate that right and if yep. you can then you know what treatment's going to going to work best mm -hmm. and uh a shoulder is an example of where if the only thing you do is adjust you're going to you're going to have some limited success you're going to need some other things and uh, and these some of these other tools are uh, cover cover the shoulder more comprehensively. I'm trying to say, mm -hmm. and so the idea of this is we're we're gonna we get to uh, gather a lot of really smart people into one room, so to speak, and and share these ideas. And um, you know you learn stuff you know talking in the hallway to somebody that you meet there because like I say there tends to be a very sharp crowd that come to these uh, sports summits classes. They know it's. Yep. Uh, more advanced. Absolutely. It's great. Uh, you can check more out at motionpalpation.org. Uh, highly recommend it. Giving you plenty of notice. That's, uh, I think it's in late March. And late so, March. Yep. Yep. Late March. So check that out. Minneapolis. Uh, cool. What are you excited most about 2024? And I'll let you get back to practice. Well, for me, I'm always, uh, my big thing is always learning more. I always, uh, I just really like studying. I like taking classes. I, I like learning more all the time. We're, we're always bringing classes for my own office, for our doctors into, into Cincinnati. I have Jason Hulme coming in April to come and talk to us about just clinical pearls. What is he, he can kind of talk about anything he wants. We just know he's a smart guy who's very dedicated and uh, we, we, uh, we can learn from him and I, you know, we'll, we have different guys come in and teach us stuff on a wide range of topics. But for me, a lot of it is uh, I, I just continue to like to learn. And then um, I, we have a lot of good stuff going on with MPI. And I, I really think, um, you know, we had that period with COVID where I think a lot of people didn't get to develop their manual skills as much. So so I kind of feel like MPI is more important now than even ever in the past. So that part is very exciting. We're going to do our gate class again in 2024 with Dr. Michaud and Dr. Conley um, and, and Dr. Winchester. So we got that and we are adjustathon. So there's plenty going on, lots of exciting stuff going on. So uh, it, it keeps me juiced up, keeps me excited about uh, going to work each day. Perfect. Well, I appreciate your time today and your, and your wisdom on some of these topics that were kind of being brought up consistently, uh, at least my circles. And I wanted someone to come on that uh, has been practicing for a couple of years to, to answer those. So thank you. Yes. Always, always love talking with you, Kevin. Uh, yeah. Hope you have a great holiday. You too.
I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. And if you want to make the shift from busy, broke, and broken to time-free and cash-confident, or you just want to continue with the exponential growth, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com. Look at the MCM Mastery tab, watch the short video on there, and check out what we are doing now for evidence-informed chiropractors. We are equal parts coaching and marketing done for you. Yes, you shoot some videos. We help you with campaign strategies and ideas and really become a thought leader in your community. You shoot those videos, you send them to us. We produce, edit, and brand them to you. Then we distribute them through all of your channels. We also take them and we turn it into one good blog per month. And every other month, we have Darcy Sullivan producing a robust blog with a topic that you pick from her database to help with your SEO. So we essentially become your content marketing agency to make sure your practice is always having ethical, elegant content marketing to help grow your practice. On the coaching side, we also help you with everything from marketing ideas to business, communications, finances, anything practice growth and really try to help prevent you from being stuck on that island. And we hold you accountable. We have a great group of doctors that are just doing amazing things. And we look forward to help you out to take that next step in your practice. So again, check us out at modernchiropracticmarketing.com and learn more.